we first started ministry, we used to always say, get the word out. Anybody remember that? Get the word out. That's our intention of this house is make sure we get the word out. Amen. How many enjoying the word on our part? Uh, podcast, podcast. Podcast. That's our part. Podcast. Can you say amen again? If you're not, sh- my door, my door. MyDoorFaith.org. Amen. Or share it with somebody. Just ask somebody. You got it? Send it over. Somebody say amen. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. We're going to get started. If it was not here this morning, I would advise you to get the tape. Amen. When we minister here, we continue. Amen. Always the message that God gives me is in the last message. So that's why I have to get, I get my message by revelation. And once I get my message by revelation, then I know what I'm going to do next. Amen. That's, that's how sure you get in the word. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through verse number 6. Let's start reading. Do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we or some of the epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you. You are our epistle written in our heart, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of a living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God with not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. God called the New Covenant Spirit. All right, so let's go right into the teaching we're going to be doing today. Uh, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 30 and 31. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 30 and 31. We're still dealing with the King James right now. Are you there? Let's read together. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who, is, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Let him glory in the Lord. <coughs> All right, let's go to Romans chapter number three. Where we're going to get our subject. We see right now Christ has made unto us righteousness, sanctification, redemption, wisdom. Well, let's go to Romans 3.30. Thank you, Lord Jesus. From the book of Romans chapter three. And verse number 30, just the last two verses. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith, do we make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. You may be seated. Someone say by faith. faith. Through faith. faith. All right, so we must understand when the Bible deals with the word by faith, He's talking about the circumcision, and circumcision were the Jews. We gave you that this morning. The Jews were saved by faith. Go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 7. The Jews were saved by faith. Now, we got on, we're going to find out what that means. Because if they were saved by faith, we are saved through faith, then we need to know what that means. Somebody say Amen. All right, from the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 7, is what we're waiting on. Just one verse. Galatians, chapter 2, verse 7. But contrarywise, when you get there, say amen. amen. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me. Now, the gospel of the uncircumcision is the gospel that Paul preached to the Gentiles. 
Then he says in verse 7 also, and the gospel of the circumcision was under Peter. So we know that when it came down for Paul, Paul preached to Gentiles. And Gentiles were uncircumcised. They did not have an Old Testament covenant with God. That's all that meant. Through circumcision. New covenant, they had, the Jews had a covenant with God through circumcision. But all that was went out the door once Christ came. Father, we thank you now for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your precious blood. We thank you for your anointing that destroys yoke and lifts burdens. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is the anointing, that teaches us, leads us, and guides us, and helps us destroy every yoke in our lives. We give you all the praise now and that glory. Let that anointing now be upon us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray all the grief that press it. Amen. All right, now, this morning, uh, we begin to teach Christ. Now, remember last week we gave you uh, Proverbs 3.18. Let's go back there quickly. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18, we showed you the tree of life. We showed you that if you eat, we gave it that in Genesis chapter 3, verse number 22. If they would eat the tree of life, take, the, take, take eat thereof, you would live forever. So we found out that you can live forever if you eat the tree of life. Everybody understand that? All right. Now, here we showed you what the tree of life is. Wisdom. Proverbs 3.18 says, is a tree of life. Say wisdom, wisdom. is a tree of life. Right. Now, then he says to them that lay hold on her. But now we're moving from Christ, the wisdom of God. That's why we gave you 1 Corinthians 1.30. We showed you Christ is the wisdom of God. So that means Christ is the wisdom of God. Then we showed you this morning, we went back through John chapter 6. Jesus came and told them, I'm the bread of life. So if, they, if you eat of that bread, you're going to live forever. So we know that Christ is the tree of life. He's the bread of life. All through the word of God, and especially in the gospel of St. John, God has given us who his son is. But now we're going to move into showing you three righteousness. Because Paul's concern was 2 Corinthians 11.3. His whole concern was that people would not be deceived like the enemy deceived Eve. Most people go to church and don't know how they're saved. When you don't know how you're saved, you agree with anybody. If you go to somebody else's church that's preaching totally different than me, you sit up and say amen. Because you don't know how you say. See, so my job is as your pastor is to make sure you know how you say. So I'm giving you three different righteousness. Now, if you don't know the word, you don't know. Most people don't know there are three different righteousnesses in the Bible. But then we showed you this morning what they were. Now, did I give you a scripture that I'm waiting for? Okay. I gave you these three. I gave you number one. The law of righteousness. So if you buy this tape, uh, you watch on podcasts or uh, YouTube or something like that, you're going to see this. First righteousness is the law of righteousness. We gave you that this morning. I'm not going back through all those scriptures anymore. <laughs> Praise God. Then I gave you righteousness by faith. Now, if, if it's righteousness by faith, it's your own righteousness. Let me say it again. If it's righteousness by faith, it's your own righteousness. And then I'm going to show you in the word of God, only the Jewish believer believed they were saved by faith. And then when you see what righteousness by faith, saved by faith mean, they were waiting for the coming of the Lord. So if you believe you are saved by faith, then you don't believe the Lord has come yet. And most of the church people don't. But Paul, Peter, James, and John did. That was 2,000 years ago. So I'm going to take you through some things. And then the last righteousness I showed you on the screen, which was number three, is righteousness through faith. Now that righteousness through faith is the gift of righteousness. So when you're celebrating what you're doing now, you're celebrating because you have received the gift of salvation, which is the gift of righteousness, or the gift of wisdom, the gift of eternal life, but everything is gift. Now, what I want to do today is, I showed you this morning that we, we're done with that law 
uh, the law of righteousness. I gave you all the scripture that go to that. Then we have started on uh, number two, the justification by faith. So what I want to do is I want to, I'm going to be reading a lot out of the NLT again today because a lot of things I want to show you. Now, for you to know what righteous by faith means, I'm going to go to the book of Hebrew. This is just for you. Hebrew chapter 11. Because Hebrew chapter 11 shows you what it means to be saved by faith. And to be saved by faith means to be made righteous by faith. So Hebrew chapter number 11 gave you a whole book of the different faith. But we know there's only one faith. But by faith is your faith. Through faith is the gift of. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, that's why we use the term by grace, you are saved, but it's right. Mean all you need to do is believe, right? All right. But when you said by faith, you got to add work to that. And we're going to show you that. That's why we have the book of James, which is going to tell you faith without work is dead. See, that's by faith. If you say by faith. All right. Now, in Hebrew chapter 11, verse 1 said, Now faith is a substance of things. First, God told us what faith is. So faith is a substance of things. Then it's the evidence of things not seen. It's faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Then he's going to go through what faith did. Down in verse number 5, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go further than that. It says in verse number 6, first of all, it said without faith, it is impossible. Let's just go to verse 6. Without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It is impossible if you don't have faith. Then it says, but he that coming to God must believe that God is, and then God is a rewarder. So watch, watch what happened. Now, this was Hebrews. You are not a Hebrew. I'm reading out of Hebrews. This letter was to the Hebrews. Amen. So they had to have faith, and without faith, it was impossible for them to please God. And then it said, if they had faith, then God will reward their faith. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So he's going to reward their faith. Said he would reward their faith. Let me show you that in Hebrew chapter 10. Back up to Hebrew chapter 10. And let's go down to verse number 35. Hebrew 10, 35. Let's go back there and see what the word says. Now this is what Paul was telling the Hebrews who wanted to go back. So he said to them in Hebrew 10, 35, cast not away therefore your confidence. Now your confidence is your faith. Because your confidence has great recompense of reward. God's going to reward your faith. Now remember, you already got everything in Christ, so we haven't gotten to you yet. I'm just trying to show you you are not saved by, by faith. I am just want to show you what it means. All right? For you have, you have need of patience. Now he's talking to the, uh, the Jewish believer. That's why James is going to write to them. Peter is going to write to them. They're going to write about patience to them. You have need of patience that after you have watched this, done the will of God. Now, we, remember, we know what the will of God is, is to believe. You might receive the promise. After you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, we know the promise is the Holy Spirit. In case you don't know, you need to put that in your Bible. You, know, you need to know if you have received the inheritance, you have received the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, the Holy Spirit is the promise. Now, First, God gave us Christ, then Christ gave us the Holy Spirit. Now, it says, you have need of patience for after that you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Then it says in, in the next verse, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now, he's talking to, talking to them about Jesus. He says, he that says he will come. We'll come. So he's talking to the Hebrews. He said, look, Christ said he will come. Now, Christ never told you he's coming. But we got people today, 90% of church folks today, waiting for Jesus to come. Now, if you're waiting for Jesus to come, then you don't believe he has come. 
Do you see how that works? That means you are lost as a goose. Because you don't even believe you have received the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, then why would Christ need to come for you? See, these people was waiting for Christ to come and get them. You have received the Holy Spirit within you. So why would God need to come and get you? That's why people used to sing dumb songs. We don't sing dumb songs like this no more. We used to sing these dumb songs. Soon and very, then, said, then we said soon. Here you are, 20 years old. Soon and very soon. We're going to see the Lord. 20 years old. What you saying? You getting ready to die. Soon. See, you don't even know what you're saying. You can't go see with the Lord until you die. See, that's dumb, isn't it? See, that's why we don't sing that no more. We're going to see the Lord. No more dying there. We'll, see, we just think we're going to go be with him. Don't have to die no more. No, you're going to die to go see him. Okay. But then in verse number 38, but 37 says, For yet a little while he that shall come will come and will not tarry. But then he said, Now, he's talking to the Jewish believer, Now the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. All right. Now, if the just going to live by faith, but if any man draw back, he's talking about go back. Just like the Galatia did. They went back to the law. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in it. Because see, the kids, they was waiting. They was persecuted. And a lot of them wanted to go back. But then he said, but we are not of them that draw back. Go back. We're not going back. We go back, we're going back to petition. But of them that believe. We're going to believe to the saving of the soul. So they had to go on because the Lord told them he didn't endure to the end. In Matthew chapter 24, he that endure to the end shall be saved. I think that's around verse 13. Uh, he that endure to the end shall be saved. So the end of what? The end of the age that they were in. The end of that dispensation. See, you're in the dispensation of grace now. So they had to wait until the end. The Lord will return at the end of the age, and then they would receive their reward. Now I'm going to show you in the Word of God in Hebrews, I'm going to give you this in Hebrews. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. So in Hebrews 11, 7, it said, by faith, Noah. I'm doing this for you to understand what it means to say by faith. By faith, Noah. Now, if you understand, Noah was saved by faith, but he had to do something. See, how many know what Noah did? Now, if I go to the other side and ask our children's church class, they'll tell me what Noah did. Noah did what? Right. So Noah heard God and Noah obeyed. You got to have those two things with by faith. By faith, Noah being one of God of things not yet seen. See, he had not seen it, so he had to use faith, right? He moved with fear. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and become the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. All right, so we see what Noah did. Noah was one of God. Noah built the ark to save his house. Noah had to do something to prove he believed. Let's go to Abraham. Now, in Hebrew chapter number 11, we saw the same thing with Abraham. Go to verse 8. Hebrew 11 and 8 said, by faith, Abraham. See, he's going right down through the list. But Abraham, the Bible said, believe God. But for Abraham to believe God, Abraham had offered his son on the altar before God said, now I know. So Abraham believed God. It was counted to him for righteousness. But Abraham had gone through something. So that's how it was to say by faith. But by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing where he went. 
See, that's, that's, how I, that's by faith. So God called Abraham to go out, go to another place, go to a place I'm going to show you, which was a promised land, and Abraham obeyed. All right? But that's not all. We see down in verse 17. We're going to skip down to 17. We're going to pick up Abraham again. Because Abraham, in verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. He that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Now here it is. God is going to ask Abraham for his son. Why is God doing this? Because God wants to see do Abraham believe. That's how they were saved by faith. Now, we're going to show you, in, let's, go, let's, let's go back to Romans first. Chapter 4, we're going to do the first five verses. And then we're going to go to Genesis 22, verse 1. Let's go back first to uh, Romans chapter 4. I'm going to get to my message. I just want to show you some stuff to make sure you know what I'm saying. Romans chapter number 4 talked about the faith of Abraham. Abraham was saved by faith. So Romans chapter number 4, verse 1 said, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, have found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he had way of the glory, but not before God. For what said the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Watch this. Abraham did what? He believed God and it was counted. That word counted means put on his account. It was put on his account for righteousness. And then verse number four says, Now to him that worketh is reward, not record of, of grace, but of debt. Then verse five says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith now is counted for righteousness. So let's go back and see what Abraham did. Go to Genesis uh, chapter 22. So we go back in Genesis chapter 22. We're going to find out that God had told Abraham to do something. Now Abraham, for him to, to prove this test, he's going to have to do what God says before God can say, now I know. God's going to say, now I know that you believe me. Because Abraham is going to do something. So back in Genesis chapter 22, we're going to be looking at 18 verses, which I'm, I'm not going to be able to read all of that, but I need to read enough to get your attention. Go to verse number one. It says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he says, Behold, here I am, here I am. And he said, Take now your son, Thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and you get to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering up on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. Now here's God telling Abraham, the son that I just gave you, I want you to take the son now and go up to Mount Moriah and I want you to burn, use him for a burnt offering. Otherwise, you're going to kill him and burn him up. That's how they did it. They stabbed him and then they burned him up and sweet smelling savor to the Lord. So Abraham gets up out of his bed. He's going to get his son, and his son's going to go with him. Now, this, this is Jesus Christ, so we're going to show you that Christ had to willingly lay down his life. Amen. Now, would you have got up that morning when he says, we're going to go up and offer you up on the... Would you have got up that morning? You, you probably would not have. All right? But that's what your Lord did. And then the Bible said, Abraham rose up in the morning, saddled his donkey, his ass, and his two young men with him, Isaac his son, and he put the wood for the burnt offering, and he rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. He put the wood upon Isaac's shoulder, and here they are on their way to go to Mount Moriah. And then verse number four says, Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to the young man, Abide ye here with the, with the ass, and I and the lad, we're going to go, Watch this yonder and worship. And we're going to come again. So he already telling you, we're going to go up here and worship God. And then we're going to come again. So Abraham is, is, is in faith in this thing. And then Abraham, and then Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire 
in his hand. He took the knife and they both went up together. Isaac spake to Abraham, his father, by time, and says, my father, and he says, here am I, he said, my son. He says, behold, I see the fire and I see the wood. But where's the lamb for the burnt offering? It's about time he acts, isn't that right? Now, and Abraham said, my, this is awesome. Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself. Oh, you didn't get it. He said, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. So they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built the altar. Now he's building the fire. He's going to lay wood on it. And then he bound Isaac, tied Isaac, and he laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now here Isaac knows that the only thing left if you cut like that wood, I'm out of here. And Abraham stretched forth his hand. He took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am, here am I. And he said, lay not your hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know that thou fear God. I know seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked and watched this. Behold, behind him a ram. God will provide. Here's a ram caught in, his, in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and he took that ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. Why? Because as it is said unto this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. We call it the Lord will provide. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham. Give him a big hand. He will. He provides. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham out of heaven the second time. Abraham said, here I am. He said, by myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for behold, thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son. Now it's time for you to get the blessings. That in blessings I'll bless you. And multiplying, these are called the seven blessings of favor. Every one of us have that in Christ. In blessings I will bless you. You don't have to say will no more because he has. Look at somebody and say, in blessings, God has blessed me. In multiplying, God has multiplied me. Yeah, right. And then he said, at the, at the stars of the heaven, at the sand of the sea, which, which is by the seashore. Then he told him, your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Talking about Christ. One word, seed, Christ. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. You are blessed in Christ. Because thou, Abraham, has obeyed my voice. Now Abraham returned to the young men, and, he, and they arose, and they went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. So God did provide, and God has provided, but God has provided himself. So you have to know that every need you have, God has provided himself for that. Amen. Somebody say amen. That's why in this John chapter 6, he provided himself, I'm the bread of life. John chapter 7, I'm the living water. John chapter 8 says, I'm the, bread, I, I'm the light of the world. See, every one of those chapters tell you who he is. He has provided himself. Somebody give him a big hand. John chapter 11 told you that I am the... John chapter 11, verse 25. Some of y'all got that. Preached that at every funeral pretty much. I'm the resurrection and the life. So you need to bark to find him in your Bible and just mark him at the top of your Bible. He is the resurrection and the life. See, every one of those chapters in John told you that who he is for you. Somebody say amen. All right, now, let's move on. Let's go back to one verse. We want to go back to Galatians chapter 5 and the King James, verse number 5. Galatians 5 and 5. Let's get ready to work. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 5. From here we go to 2 Timothy 1 and verse number 8. Just one verse. We're just catching up. Get this morning tape. We read the whole thing. Galatians 5 and 5. Paul's talking to the Galatians. He said, for we through the Spirit wait, wait, wait 
for the hope of righteousness by faith. Somebody said they was waiting. They was waiting for Christ to come. See, so you, you got to see what I'm saying. They was waiting, but who would they wait now? They're waiting for Christ to come. This church was waiting for Christ. Paul was waiting for Christ. Galatians 5 and 5. Let's put it up there one more time. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness. They was waiting for the hope of righteousness by faith. So by faith was given to them, not you. Let's go to, let's go to 2 Corinthians. I gave them to you already. I just told you. 2 Timothy 1.8. I'm giving them to you as I go along. You can put that, leave it up there. I, I read it. It said, Paul said, but I fear. This is Paul's fear. Paul said, I fear. Here it is. Lest by any means, as the serpent has beguiled Eve. This is my fear. As the serpent has beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. So his whole thing was that the enemy will not deceive you. I asked you the other week and I asked you this morning about, the, about anybody know about wheat and tares. I was surprised to know that my sister, Brother Jean, my sister decided to know about wheat and tail. I didn't know she, she knew about this stuff. Wheat and tail. How many know about the wheat and the tails? What, what, they are so close identified, but only one different. One got wheat and one got tail. What do that mean? One got fruit and one got nothing. Well, how do you know the believer from the unbeliever? You know them by their fruit. If they're unbeliever, they if the unbeliever, they have no fruit. No fruit of the spirit. Ain't that right? All right. Now, I gave you number one, I gave you the, the righteousness of the right the law of righteousness. I'm not going back there. Those are the righteousness. As a matter of fact, I'll read one verse. I'm just a good pastor. Go to Romans chapter 9, verse 32-33. Romans chapter 9, verse 32-33. Show you the true righteousness. So you have to understand that the Jews were saved by their righteousness, by their faith. By their faith. What shall we say then that the Gentiles which follow not after righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. So we have received the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel was followed after the law of righteousness. So you see the difference? We have the righteousness which is of faith, they, have, they will follow the law, the law of righteousness. They have not yet attained to the law of righteousness. That's 2,000 years ago. Because they were trying to get right with God by faith. I'm sorry, by the law. The works of the law. And by the works of the law, no flesh can be justified. We showed you that. I only want those two verses. All right. Now, let's go and show you Galatians chapter 5. I gave you that. Verse 5 already, right? 2 Timothy 1, 8, that's what I'm waiting on now. Let's read out the good news. Good news, 2 Timothy 1, 8, just one verse. And then we're going to go to, go to work in this place. After here, we go to 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. We're going to read that also out of the good news while we're there. Watch this says, 2 Timothy 1, 8, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Now we're going to show you what the testimony of our Lord is in just a moment. Because these people could not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Now we know the Bible tells us it's not the same testimony you have because the testimony of our Lord is prophecy. Now somebody can find that in the book of Revelation. Testimony of our Lord is spirit of prophecy. It's just find the word spirit of prophecy you'll find. It. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, Paul says, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. According to the power of God. According to the power of God. Be not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Is that 2 Timothy 1 8? All right. Now, let's move on. Don't sound like my 2 Timothy 1 8. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's read that down. Eight. Maybe I'm missing out on my key verse. 2 Timothy 4 8. I'm sorry. I thought I said 4 8. I said 1 8. Forgive me. 2 Timothy 4 8. 
You got your notes from this morning. You already got it. Here it is. Henceforth, watch the difference. We're in the good news. Henceforth, there is laid up for me. Remember, he was saved by faith. So Christ had to come back for him. Okay, and now there's waiting for me, waiting for me, the victory prize. There's waiting for me the victory prize. Now the victory prize we know is eternal life. There's waiting for me the victory prize of being right with God, which is God's righteousness. There's waiting for me, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me. Now this is Apostle Paul. Will give me on that day. What day? The day when the Lord returns. And not to be only, but to all those that wait with the love for him to appear. So they was waiting for him to appear. See, that's not you. But this is what a lot of churches are teaching you, that the Lord is going to return. The Lord is going to come back. Going to come back for what? You got to give me a what? All right. Because he shall not come back and get you. All right. I hope. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receive the prize? Prize? Come eternal life. So run that you might obtain. Obtain means you don't have it. Run so you can obtain it. You're not in a race to get eternal life. Every man that striveth for the master is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. What kind of crown? Corruptible. corruptible. You need to underline that corruptible crown. Because there's crowns in the Bible, but they are not for you. You already got righteousness. They was waiting to get the crown of righteousness. Every man, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are incorruptible. So that's an incorruptible crown. We showed you in 1 Corinthians 15, you will hear me say it all the time, this corruptible had to put on incorruption. You see, that's what he's talking about. You already have put on incorruption, that's Christ. All right? He said, I'm not, I, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly to, to fight, not as one that beat in the air. But I keep under my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. All right, now let's move on. Okay, but you, is that the only verse to go with it? Now don't let me get there and go some goes with that. All right, Revelation 19.10. Just put one verse up there. Now what did I say earlier about that? Anybody can remember? The testimony, right? Because we're going to go and show you. They had to hold on to their testimony. Now he said, I fell at his feet and worship him, he said to me, see thou doest not, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, watch this, that have the testimony of Jesus. So that means you need to write in your Bible, your little pretty Bible that you never wrote in all year, just write there the testimony of Jesus. Underline the word, they had the testimony of Jesus. They had what? The testimony of Jesus. Right. The testimony of Jesus, keep going, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus, he told you, is what? Is the spirit of what? You are not under prophecy. You're under the revealed word. See, Israel was under prophecy. So the testimony of Jesus was the spirit of prophecy. Now, don't, don't lose that, that verse I just gave you about the testimony of Jesus. I'm going to ask you again. This class. So you write it down. See, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to people behind the wall. Just write that down. Because when I say the testimony of Jesus, you know where to go. Revelation 19.10. Testimony of Jesus, spirit of prophecy. So they had to hold on to their testimony, that testimony. All right. Now, let's go, let's go to work. Now, I gave you, go to James. James chapter, I, I'm not going to do James right now, I can't. Let's go to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation 6, 9 through 11. Let's show you what happened to these people who had the testimony of Jesus. I can go also 
in which I am, I'm going to show you also, when I go back to Revelation chapter 1, same thing happened. Let's just start chapter 1. Go just, you, you right there, go to Revelation chapter 1, and let's look at 1 through 3. Let's go all the way back to Revelation chapter 1. We might as well just take our time and show you this now. Revelation chapter 1, we'll look at the first three verses. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show the servant John, which must shortly come to pass. Now this was 2,000 years ago, shortly come to pass. And yet people 2,000 years ago tell you it had not come to pass yet. Now listen, I am not a fool. All right. We want to just make sure we get that together. Now if anybody else won't be deceived, they can be deceived. But I know shortly come to pass, don't take 2,000 years. All right. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to his to him, to, to his servant, thing must shortly come to pass. He said that he signified it by his angel to his servant John. Now John was one of his apostles. John bear record of the word of God. Now, you want to underline that word? He's bear record of what? The word of God and of the, the testimony of Jesus. You need to underline those two things because I'm going to give you a lot to go with it. You'll be a good student now. He bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. So he's telling us what he saw. Then he said verse number three. Verse number three. Verse number three said, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the word of this prophecy. Everybody understand this prophecy? of this prophecy and keep the things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Once again, the time is at hand. Stretch a hand out towards somebody. Can't you, can't you understand what at hand means? What do at hand mean? It means near. Now 2,000 years ago, it was at hand. It was near, right? Right. All right, now, now let's go to work. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 9. Still reading. See, it's an awesome thing to go to church all your life and you, you were deceived. Because you sat under somebody who did not know the word. And you know they don't know. Revelation chapter, see, if you go to a, a school, college, and your teacher don't know what he's talking about, you know. If you know, you know he don't know. But if you don't know, <laughs> you got that? If you don't know, you don't know when somebody else don't know. But once you know, everybody don't know what you're talking about up there. If your, if your math teacher came to that class that morning and said five and five is 17, and you know five and five is 10, wait, wait, whoa. I ain't no fool. Wait a minute, I ain't no fool now. Ain't that right? Why, why did you know that? Because you know the answer. That's why you got to know the Bible. When you know the Bible, nobody can deceive you. All right? That's my responsibility to teach you the word. Your responsibility is to get here. All right, Revelation 1 and 9. Are you there? Here we go. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. So are you within tribulation, John? Yeah, I was in tribulation. I, and your kinsman... I'm sorry, I was in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. I was in an island which is called Patmos. This is why I was here, for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Why was he there? For the word of God and the testimony. You got them two things? Are you keeping up with them? How many keeping up with them? All right, because we're going to get a little deeper. All right, now, let's go to Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 and 11. Now, why, why does he need two? The word of God and the word of his testimony. What is it? The word of God and the word of his testimony. All right, he got two things. Now you're going to need this because when I get to Romans 10, 9, and 10, don't be no other. Because I'm going to show you that's exactly what they got. And people are trying to use Romans 10, 9, and 10 a day to be saved. What an awesome thing. I'm telling you right now, there are so many people deceived, they don't even know they're deceived. Going to churches are happy on their way to hell, don't even know it. 
because they believe in the wrong doctrine. Amen. I've been there, been there, done that. Re- Revelation chapter 6, verse 9. I know why God is putting us out there on the podcast and, the, and all these other stuff. I know why. So people can get in there and find out for themselves. Amen. Because they're not hardly, I'm going to be at the, that man's church, so he's going to be here, but at least they can go there and find out. Amen. If you'll just get the word out. Some of you got the podcast, find somebody ain't. Mer- Merry Christmas. <laughs> Revelation 6 and 9. Are you in Revelation 6 and 9? Let's read it. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain. Here we go. Why were they killed? For the word of God and for the the testimony with their hell. Now, what testimony did they have? The testimony of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. Do you know what the testimony is? I'm going to go back and show you some verses because the testimony is they believe what I'm just, I'm just going to show it to you. I'm going to give it to you this time, okay? I'm going to go on and do it this time. All right. Matthew chapter 6. We're coming right back. Revelation 6 and 9. You want to put there Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. We're going to show you the testimony that they have. Revelation, I'm sorry. Matthew 16, 13. You can do that in King James, it doesn't matter. We just, when Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples saying, who do men say I the son of man am? Now you ought to be able to grasp that right now and see what their testimony was. And they said, some say you are John the Baptist, some say you're Elias, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're one of the prophets. But whom say you that I am? Here's their testimony. Simon Peter answered and said, here's their testimony. Thou art the Christ. So you need to be writing this down. I'm giving you the testimony. Testimony is thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the testimony. They had to hold on to thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Let's show you that in John, go to John chapter number 20 and look at the last two verses. John chapter 20 and the last two verses. See, their testimony was who Jesus is. And many other signs, John chapter 20 verse 30 says, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe here's the testimony that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's the testimony. So they had to hold on to that. What was the testimony? Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, that's why I said the wheat in the tail, because our salvation is so parallel to theirs. But on this side of the cross, you had to believe who he is. How many know who he is? Do anybody know who he is? Don't me, don't me quote who he is again? Was somebody, was somebody witness to me? Who is he? Oh, so if I, have, if I bring you up here and tell you how to be saved, all you got to do is believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I just ruin your life. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If you don't know how to be saved, you just messed that person up. That's how they did me. And I taught it to you. Hello. <laughs> and then I realized that's, that's not how to be saved. I'm not saved. That's saved by faith. I was saved how? By faith. And I, I could not be saved by faith. By faith means you got to hold on to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Now how was they saved? Said it again. They had to believe what? Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. All right, now we're going to show you that that was over there. Over here, after the cross, how am I saved? I'm still waiting. I'm still, some of y'all now, y'all looking at me now. You can't look at me all your life. Somewhere down the line, you got to open your mouth and say, we have to believe in the death, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Pastor. If you don't write that down. Our children are learning this on the other side. On the new covenant, on this side, you got to believe in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection to be saved. Over here, they, they didn't have a death, burial, and resurrection yet. You understand? But they had the person, they had to believe he was the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
But once he died, buried and raised again from the dead, he had to believe what? So how was Paul saved? That's what my wife reads you every week, how Paul was saved. Go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. How was Paul saved? See, you got to understand, you have to know how Paul, what, how Paul taught them how to be saved. That's why if you don't know, man, you go to church every Sunday can die and go to hell because you believe in the wrong thing. That's what he was talking to the church, that he didn't want the church to be deceived. Didn't want the church to be deceived. The church. Paul said, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you. The gospel. Which also you have received and where you stand. By which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached to you. Well, what did he preach to us? Christ and him crucified. He preached his death, Christ's death, death, and resurrection. Unless, he said, you don't get this unless you have believed in vain. Going to church all your life, you don't know how to be saved. Now Paul's going to say to them, I deliver to you, first of all, that which also I receive. How Christ died. Now we know he died on the cross, right? He died for our sin, but he died according to the scripture. And then he was buried. And then he rose again the third day according to the scripture. That's how you saved. Now, if you're going to help somebody to be saved, you got to have them to say, I believe that. Not just confess that, this is what you got to believe. And you say to them, I believe Christ died, buried, and raised again from the dead. I believe he died for my sins. He was buried in my place, and he rose for my justification. Ain't that right? All right. Now, can you put Romans 4.25 in the good news? Romans 4.25 in the good news. I'm going to help you today. I believe the Lord sent me to help you. Although I had to get up at 3.45, I believe the Lord had wanted me to help you. I'm praying for you this morning at 3.45. So at least you can say, thank you, Jesus. Something. See, wasn't going back to bed. When God gave me a 345, I'm in, my, I'm in my office praying for you at 345 this morning. All right. Amen. That's right. Amen. God got me up. Now watch what he says, Romans 425. Watch what, the, watch what he says. Because of our sins, he was given over to die. So Christ died for what reason? For our sin. And he was raised to life in order to put us right with God. So if Christ did not rise from the dead, you could never be right with God. Come on, give him a big hand for that. All right, let's, let's go to work, because I got to finish what I got here. All right, now let's go to Revelation 6, 9 through 11. That's where I was. From there we go to Revelation 20 and verse 1 through 4. Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. So here it is, they were saved by two things. The word of God, I help you out. And the word of their testimony, I'm going to help you out because you're supposed to wrote these down. I'm going to help you out, still going to help you out. I love you, I'm your pastor. But I'm going to keep saying them until you write them down. You just can't take for granted, you're going to remember that. You was not an A student. <laughs> like my daughter back there. Huh? You were not an A student like Sister, Sister Cheryl. I won't bother Sister Shelley back there. I started, I started bothering Sister Shelley, but I won't bother. All right, let's move on. Sister Shelley's a doctor, so I, I, take, I, I have to take my hat off to people because I, I may need them any moment. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, now, two things that you have down there. What, are the, what is it called? The word of God and the, and the word of their testimony. All right? All right, here we go. 
Those two things. That's what they had to hold on to. Now let's show you this in the word of God. Let's go to Revelation chapter 6 verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar. Now this is what he saw under the altar. This is what John said. He saw under the altar the soul of them that were slain. Why were they slain? These people are the same ones, right? These are the same ones that followed Jesus, right? They were slain, number one, for the word of God. And they were slain for the testimony which they hear. Well, what testimony would they hear? Testimony of Jesus Christ. What is the testimony of Jesus Christ? Jesus, the Son of God. You got to get that part. Jesus the Christ, he's the Son of God. So what's the testimony? Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. All right, you need to write all that down now because I'm expecting you to know it. All right. Now that's just verse number nine, right? All right. I'm not going to... Nine through eleven, that's where I'm going. Verse ten says, Then they cried, They hid the yard on the altar. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord? Now, they're already on an altar, but you see they're not dead. Come on now, I'm trying to show you something. Their souls were on the altar. That means that they were with the Lord, but they had not received their glorified body yet. Do everybody understand what I just said? They were with the Lord. Say they were with the Lord, but they had not received their glorified body. All right, these are the people who died during tribulation. After Jesus Christ left, Paul put a lot of them in tribulation. That's why we have uh, chapter 8 in Acts that there's no tribulation like what has happened because Paul did a lot of it. They cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? So I know they were still on the earth. They were with the Lord. And white robes were given to every one of them, and it was said to them that they should rest for a little what season until their fellow servants also and their brothers that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So all these people in the, during, during that time when, when, when Paul became an apostle and all after that until Jesus came back again, those people was dying for what they believed. That is how they were saved. They had to die for what they believed. They had to hold on to their confession. Amen? All right. Now, let's, let's, that was through verse number 11. Now, let's go to Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 through 4, and let's see that they do it. Revelation chapter 20, Then I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having, holding in his hand the key of hell and a heavy chain. It used the word abyss, which we know is hell. He seized the dragon, that old ancient serpent called the devil, and Satan. He chained him for a thousand years. And the angel threw him into, the, into hell, which is called the abyss. And he locked it and he sealed it so he could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years was over. We already went through that because we showed you that the Lord destroyed him. After that, he was set free. Now we know, but after that, the Lord destroyed him. Right. He was loose a little while. But then in verse 4, I saw thrones, and those that sat upon the thrones were given the power to judge, which was the 12 of the judge, the 12 tribes of Israel. Remember those 12 ones were supposed to sit and judge. Jesus said, you're going to sit with me judging the 12 tribes of Israel? Well, find it, find, find it for me. Find it for me. I know they're kind of hard for them to remember all this stuff. I also saw the souls. Once again, the souls. He said, I also saw the souls of those who had been executed. Now, King James used the term beheaded, so I was trying to get that, give you that day off. But I didn't want you to be like, ah. You know how folks hear something, oh, no. I also saw the souls of them who had been be executed. They were beheaded because they had proclaimed the truth. Now, I want you to read that in the King James Version. I wasn't going to do them like that, but I'm going to do them like that. Because they need to know. This is how these people had to go. I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit. A great chain was in his hand. Verse 2 says, And he, had, he laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is called the devil, Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Verse number 3. And he cast him into the bottomless pit, shut him up, set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nation no more till a thousand years shall be fulfilled. And after that, he should be loose a little season. We already know that happened and Jesus already taught him. 
But I saw thrones, he says, and they that sat upon the throne, which judging was given to them, judgment was given to them. Talking about the 12 apostles, we're going to show you that in a moment. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded, executed. But they was executed for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. So you'll see the word of God and the word of their testimony. Can you see those two things still going on? I just need you to just, to just put it out of me or something. Just, I know you want to go home. You got 15 minutes. Just chill out. All right. All right. Now, that's, that's the last thing I want to show you. But now, let's go and show you the same two things in Revelation, I'm sorry, Romans, 9, Romans 10, 9 and 10. I'm not done because I got to go back to Revelation. But Revelation chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. I'm showing you these two things. Romans 10, 9 and 10. As a matter of fact, go, to, go read this out of the NLT, start verse 8. Romans 10, 8, 9, 10. Now, and then I'm going to read Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to give you a comparison here. See, do you get it? In fact, it says the message is very close. The message, the message, the message. What message? What message are you preaching in Romans chapter 10 that people are using and saying, this is how you save? Listen real good. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It's on your lips and on your heart that message is the very message about. Wait a minute. That message is the message of faith. Go to the good news and read that same verse. Verse number eight. Going to help you. Going to help you out. See, people go to church, but they don't know. They think they know that word. It's just like me. I took some classes, and I think I can know what Sister Shelley know back there. I'm bothering Sister Shelley today, Brother Mike. Okay. You okay? She know that. She know her stuff. But here's my thing. I can't act like I'm a doctor, like Shelley. Then lock me up. <laughs> Amen. I got somebody stressed out on the table. I'm going to take care. <laughs> no, don't come to me. <laughs> Dodge me. But that's what people do in churches. People don't know the word, and people just run up in there. It's for your life. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. We are reading out, the, out of what? Good news now, right? What? What it says is this. God's message is near you. It's on your lips. It's in your heart. That is the message of faith. Well, what message is that? Now, let's show you something different. Hold what you got right there. We're going to come right back to verse 8. And I want you to go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. In the same good news. It's the mess of the faith which we preach. What was, what was he preaching? The mess of the faith. What was he preaching? The mess of the faith. What was his message? The mess of the faith. That's what we used to preach. We used to preach the mess of the faith. But the mess of the faith is not the mess of the Christ. Amen. Here we go. You foolish Galatians. Who has been with you? Who put a spell on you? Before your very eyes, you have a clear description of the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Tell me this one thing. Did you receive the God Spirit by doing what the law requires, or did you, did you do it by the hearing of the gospel and believing it? How can you be so foolish? You begin by the God Spirit. Do you now want to be finished by your own power? Did all your experience mean nothing at all? Surely it means something. Here we go. Does God give you the spirit and work miracles among you because you do what the law requires or, or because you hear the gospel? I want you to try, put that in the NLT for me right there. You hear the gospel and you believe it. Just that one verse. 
You hear the gospel and believe it. You hear what? The gospel and believe it. So what's the difference in Romans 10, 9 and 10? What's the difference in Galatians chapter number 3, verse 5? Here it is. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit or work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message. Wait a minute. The message you heard about Christ. Well, there's a message about Christ. Let's go back, take that same, whatever you want, and take it all the way back to Romans 10 and 8. See, people don't understand. You're hearing the message about faith, and then you don't understand that is not the message of Christ. I can preach faith to you all day and can't get you saved. Unless I preach Christ and him crucified, how you get saved? That's what Romans chapter 1 verse 16 told me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as written the just shall live by faith. You can't get faith unless you preach the gospel of Christ. But yet you can preach, the, you can preach faith and never preach Christ. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.